Chegar? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, this is Michelle Kanan, and you're listening to the Radically Selfish podcast. Radically Selfish is a movement, it's a personal revolution, and so I'm talking to women that have personally revolutionized their own lives and taken back the definition for what it means to be happy, healthy, and to do things their own way. Fuck what society tells you to do, you get to live the life that you want. How many of you have ever wondered what it would be like to actually eat, pray, love your life and leave everything behind to move to paradise? Well, my guest today, the incredible Carolee Lynch, did just that. She has had an epic year, and I'm so proud and excited to talk to her today. She's a dear friend, an incredible yoga teacher, a mentor, the founder of Date Yourself, and is doing energy reading and working from Bali, from Berlin, from Italy, from Australia, well, from wherever her heart takes us. This is what it's like when you leave your life behind to follow your dreams and know what's true for yourself. Have a listen. Hi, Carolee. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the Radically Selfish podcast. I'm so pleased to be here, Michelle. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy you're here too. We don't even have to have formalities. I'm going to tell everybody that's listening that (laughs) that me and Carolee are really good friends. She is just a beloved, beloved human in my life that I met when I was living in Berlin, who started as a guide and a yoga teacher to me, but like we just fell in love with each other. And I wanted to have you on the show for so long. You're such a freaking inspiration to me and just watching how you've rebuilt your life in this past year intensely, but just since the time I know you has been incredible. So I just, I'm really happy you're here and I'd love to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself to our listeners and show them why I'm so inspired (laughs) by you too. (laughs) (laughs) oh it's so good to be here I really love this podcast this is my like cooking podcast this is I put a bit of radically selfish on whenever I'm cooking something so that like I get inspired and I put it into the food I make so I'm so pleased to be here so what am I I used to be a yoga teacher that was kind of that's how we met through my yoga teaching and I was a yoga teacher in Berlin who taught a couple of studios there and kind of built my little community but as you've mentioned things have changed for me in the last kind of year especially but yeah in the time we've known each other and I've come into a couple of my other superpowers in the last few years which is totally one of the great things about being a woman and getting older and all the wisdom that you accrue and I've come to realize that actually my calling is energy work and so now I am an energy worker I'm an energy worker I'm a channel I'm an intuitive I also mentor I'm passionate about mentoring women and helping them heal their past and embrace their future and uh, yeah, so I kind of am doing that, a little bit of yoga teaching on the side still, but mainly I work, I tend to work one-on-one, specifically with women these days. Yeah. So can you share, I mean, you've gone through so many different experiences and you lived all over the world. And like, as I referred to in the intro, you are my real life example of someone that is living Eat, Pray, Love. Can you talk a little bit more about why you're so qualified to be a mentor, like what some of your experiences have been and what you're able to teach women now and be an example of because you've really truly lived it for yourself. Yeah, I think the big thing that happened was I needed to make a change and the change was that I was in a relationship that 
was no longer serving either of us. I was married to a very good man and we were still really good friends, but we, our relationship wasn't serving each other anymore. And it's hard after 10 years to, and a marriage, right, to kind of go, oh no, like actually we need to end this. And so I was very much in a place of being stuck, knowing that I, there was something I needed to do and being really scared, quite honestly, and apprehensive about doing it. And so this was all kind of going along in the background of when I was also, so this is like 2015, kind of 2016. At the same time, I'd done an ayahuasca ceremony, which had told me that um, a woman in Australia called Lynette Arcadi was my teacher. The first ceremony I did where I received that message, I didn't pay any attention to it. <laughs> there was a lot going on and I didn't take any action on it. And then I did another ceremony about a, a month later. And this time, like the spirit of the plant basically got up in my face and was like, we spoke about this. Lynette is your teacher. Get your shit together. So I was like, okay, I hear you. <laughs> I received that message. And I went and Googled Lynette the next day and she was starting this energy course. And so I signed up because Ayahuasca told me to sign up. And so that was the beginning of me coming to understand like the work I did with her for two and a half years now was coming to understand that I'm a channel, coming to understand that I can read and see and work with energy. And those two things were really kind of happening alongside each other. I was in this place where I knew something needed to change, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. And it was very much on a subconscious level. I don't even think it was fully in front of my face at that time. And it was very much manifesting in winter depression, psoriasis. I was having these health issues. I was feeling like I was at the bottom of a well and didn't really know how to get myself out of it. And then doing this kind of energy course made me realize that the only way out is through, which is the same as what they tell you when you do ayahuasca, right? The only way out is through. And the path for it absolutely led through myself. I had to enter myself and heal myself and embrace my truth in order to set myself free. And it was it took me about a year to finally figure out exactly what was happening, finally stand up and, and tell my husband that I needed to end the marriage, that I was ready to leave Berlin, you know, that city has my heart, but my time there was very much done. And it was very like, as I was going through all of this, like the energy work I was doing and learning to receive messages from spirit world, the message I got, and it was so clear, was I had to give everything up and it was only in giving everything up that it would then be revealed to me wow. what would come next. Let me just stop you for a second because yeah, like please. this way, I mean, I know you have so much to say and I want you to share everything. One part I want to stop you in is, is how do you take a message or like a learning of like, you need to heal yourself and you need to like go through, like, how does somebody get a message like that and then be like, okay, this is the real world thing that I'm going to do. Like, how do I actually act on that message or that download and act and make that happen? Because I know that a lot of listeners like a lot of my clients like even myself included everyone like we can suffer through things like we can have symptoms we can have experiences we can receive messages that are trying to guide us or show us like hey this isn't really good for you or like hey this would be amazing for you but we can be really stubborn as humans and not listen or not pay attention like how did you know what to do or how did you finally yeah. get with the message <laughs> Yeah, look, this is the benefit of rock bottom. Like this is what rock bottom has to teach us. When you hit that 
when you, you finally have no excuses left, when you've dealt with the pain for so long and you can't deal with it anymore, when you're finally sick of your own shit, you know, like, or the situation that you're in and you finally need to get out of it. Like, for me, it was a version of rock bottom, like of just going, I don't want to live like this anymore. I am unhappy. And I believe I can solve my happiness, not that I can do it overnight. And, you know, I tried a bunch of other things to try and solve it first, right? Like, you know, of course I tried to party my way through it or um, procrastinate my way through it or ignore my way through it or, you know, whatever. But it just finally got to the point where I was like, and, you know, this is what I've been teaching as a yoga class, that you are your own hero. You are here to save yourself. You are the one you have been waiting for. It has always been a yoga teaching I've passed on to my students. And then I just reached this point where it was time for me to embody it. And when I made that decision, when I, like, I can still see myself sitting in my kitchen in Berlin in the depths of winter going, you have to solve this. And it doesn't, when I made that decision, I didn't know how to solve it. I was like, I'll figure it out as I go along. But knowing that I'd made the decision that I would do this for myself and that it was allowed to take me time. I was allowed to not know what I was doing. I was allowed to figure it out by fucking it up. That was the beginning of it for me. I'm just thinking about that. And I feel like I'm hearing a rooster crow in the background. I neglected to tell when you're streaming from Bali right now, right? <laughs> yes, I'm currently sitting in Bali in the rice fields of uh, Pantahan. Yeah, and I'm in a traditional uh, three-sided Balinese house. So it's gorgeous. I've got this view out to the rice fields, but there's not actually a door I can shut here. So yeah, the local roosters are definitely going to make it onto this podcast. <laughs> and so everyone that's listening, when I call Curly a real world example of Eat, Pray, Love, I'm not kidding you. Like literally <laughs> she's <laughs> well, that's really beautiful what you shared because we can be so afraid of rock bottom or going through struggle, right? It's like what we try to avoid. We don't want to go through the pain. We don't want to feel that stuff. And it's only when we hit a certain place, like it's a version of a Brene Brown teaching, you know, that like we make real change when we get just so sick of our shit that we have no other choice, like, but to do it. Right. So. Yeah. And it's like this other teaching that like sometimes when we're really broken and we're really broken open we are open to receiving wisdom and different ideas and different paths that we are not open to receiving when we're not broken and when we're not at the bottom and again this is the beauty of rock bottom right you are it leaves you open because you've reached that point where the only way is up right and so you get to choose how to come up and and the other thing I just want to add to that is especially for anybody who might be feeling like there's changes they need to make, but they can't admit to it or acknowledge it. I, part of my difficulty as well was I was a successful yoga teacher. And so I had this like area of my life where it looked like I was holding my shit down and where I had students who looked up to me, bless their hearts. I don't think anyone should look up to me, but whatever. But like, you know, I had this community where it looked like I was on top of things, but inside myself, in my private life, I was not on top of things. And I think that meant that it took me a while to get to the point where, yeah, I could finally admit and acknowledge that I was not okay. And then it was going to be okay if other people found out that I was not okay. I didn't have to keep presenting myself as okay. I was finally allowed to just acknowledge that no, I'm not okay. Yeah, which is so contra to, you know, how most people use the internet and social media or how they need to market themselves. But I think that that is part of like a huge sea change that's happening right now. And like, you know, having transparency and being real that like everything isn't perfect and just the power and the strength of being a teacher with vulnerabilities instead of being like an all-knowing guru that has all the answers and that has everything like figured out and polished and perfect right yeah teaching from the wound is the most authentic real helpful teaching you mm. can ever give 
Mm, that's beautiful. You've opened our wounds. Right? Yeah. Yep. I hadn't heard of or thought of that expression of teaching from mm. the wound. Mm. How do you find your power when you're in that wound or in that wounded place? Like so much self-compassion. And again, just acceptance. Like, like, you know, when I kind of realized that something needed to change and I was finally going to acknowledge it. And I probably, you know, in the back of my heart, I knew what it was and I knew it was going to deeply affect the life of a man I loved. Just acknowledging and knowing that in the beginning, that's enough. Again, you don't have to fix it. You don't have to solve it straight away. You're allowed to just acknowledge it and start small. And there's this expression that I, I really kind of, I teach and I also, I share with my clients and it, it really helped me is a, what is it? Start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. And that like, so slowly, slowly is my answer to that, slowly. Yeah. And that's so important and necessary because that's not a concept or that's not a virtue that is promoted or worshipped in our culture today, right? Everybody wants something fast and wants to know and wants to be an expert right away and wants to like move through it and get like instant results. So how do you counter that? You know, there's so much pressure out there to have that instant gratification, like to know everything right away. How do you stay slow and how do you like keep finding the gift in being slow? Yeah, I mean, that is something I've been working on for many years. And one of my friends actually helped me with this. She said, um, why do today what you can do tomorrow? So I kind of cling to that expression as well. <laughs> I really love it. Because, you know, like at the end of the day, I think for me as well, it was like I'm taking responsibility for my life. This is not about impressing anybody else. I tried to impress everybody else. It didn't work. This is not about trying to live everybody else's life. I tried to do that. It didn't make me happy. You know, I tried to do the oh, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and everything's going to be different and I'm going to like this and that. And, you know, I tried all of that and none of it worked. So this was part of me continuing to seek for myself what would work and knowing that it, whatever I came up with was going to be okay. It was going to be my path. And maybe it isn't like super sexy and maybe it doesn't look good on Instagram. And that's okay because I don't live on Instagram. I live in my head. I live in my body. I live in my real world. And that's where I need to be okay. That's where I need to take care of myself. And that's where meaningful change needs to come from. The circumstances of my life meet myself where I'm at because that's how everything begins. That's so true. And at the same time, it makes me laugh because I know that you're doing energy work now and talking to guides and you're like, I need to meet myself in the real world. So how does that work living in the spirit world too? How do you bring that all together? <laughs> and so this is one of the things I love about my teacher, Lynette. And one of the things that I embody in my work as well is that she is a practical woman. She is a mother of three. She has a life and she is also connected to the spirit world and sits in spirit and that's what I try to do as well. So it is like this mix of being, being practical and being, I'm being in the real world. But it's also creating space for silence and creating space to receive and to hear and to connect. And maybe ooh, or for different people, it's not, you know, necessarily connecting with what, you know, I see the spirit world as. But we all connect with our own spirit. And there's a reason meditation has been around as long as it has. And it only gets more powerful and more important as time goes on. There's a reason, like, better or worse, there's a reason that the yoga industrial complex exists at the moment and so many people are seeking out yoga, right? Like, we can create this time and this space for ourselves to simply sit and be and hear the messages that are coming to us all the time anyway because that's the thing even if you think you're not connected to your higher self you are and even if you think your higher self is never trying to speak to you she is you've just got to practice hearing her and practice listening to her and make space for her to come through 
Okay, so how do you know if it's your highest self or if it's your ego talking or if it's just like a demon voice that like just wants you to be bad? How do you know when you're really connected? Yeah. So, I mean, practice, absolutely practice. It's not something that happened immediately for me. It's like, and actually, so part of it was like, I was yoga teaching and had been teaching for about seven years at this point and always like planned my classes, had my sequences, knew what my Dharma talk was. And then I noticed that I'd have this little voice in the back of my head that would say to me, don't teach that next, teach this. And the kind of, I'd talk back to it and I'd be like, no, I have my sequence, what are you talking about? And then eventually I decided to listen to it and I just listened to it a little bit. I'd just take a little bit of its advice, you know, small baby steps, right? And then, but everything it told me to do, like when I kind of switched off the targeting computer and just went with the force, it was absolutely beautiful. These incredible sequences would fall into place and it was also terrifying. I'd, sometimes I'd be teaching one side of a sequence, having no idea what was coming next because mm. I'm not... I'm channeling it. I'm not doing it myself. And so you have to be in trust and faith. You know, and that's I a big remember, issue for me. Yeah. I remember being in your yoga classes and noticing the difference, like noticing how much more inspiration was there or like focus or like, it was like something got dialed up or there was just this other kind of excitement or energy that was flowing through you. And there was such a huge shift when you started doing it that way. Yeah, because that was me getting out of the way and letting it come through. And it would be like the sequences I taught, but also the inspirations for the class and the intentions for the class. And sometimes it was heavy. I remember walking into one class at like nine on a Friday morning and like receiving the message. By that stage, I wasn't planning my classes. I let it all flow. And I walked into this class 9 a.m. Friday morning in Berlin, right? Like everyone's probably been out the night before. And it was your teaching death today. I was like, okay, brilliant. So great. <laughs> so there's like that. There's like listening and trusting and starting small and building up. But there's also this idea of intuition versus out-tuition. And intuition, if it's really you, if it's really your higher self, it either comes in your voice or in a voice that you haven't heard before. And if it's not really you, if it's like the negative aspects of yourself or if it's um, your out-tuition coming in, it comes in the voice of a parent or a loved one or a teacher or someone who's like has ragged on you in the past, then you'll hear it in their voice. And so that can be a really nice, easy way to sort through what is like the true higher self, the true intuition, and just like that negative voice you talk to yourself in. That's a good clarification. I was also thinking about the physicality of it, like how your body feels mm. when you get that message too. But sometimes you can't only rely on the body because like you might be afraid of a message that you're getting. And so you might mm. feel fear and you might have been taught that feeling fear is bad or wrong or you need to control it in some way. And that's even like another level of conditioning. So you need to have that kind of clarity or like you need to be training yourself and learning how to pay attention to what's true for you, right? Yep. And just on that, like, that's the thing about intuition. It's not always comfortable. If you're always just getting told messages that are always comfortable and easy and it's all fun and light, that's not your intuition. But it's not always dark either. So if you're just getting deep, dark, nasty messages, then that's not your intuition either or your higher self either. Although often what your higher self will tell you is really inconvenient. Like you need to leave your marriage and then you have to deal with that. Like hearing is one thing being able to accept and body is something else altogether. And that's where going slow and taking time and baby steps. And my teacher Lynette calls it micro movements, just taking little micro movements helps. That's really great. And something else you're talking about too is this way of like leaving the comfort zone of being perfect or having everything like figured out. Or again, like I'm using the word polished again, that you can actually like 
a lot of people, you know, it's a teaching that I give to a lot of my clients that, oh, you don't have to run away or like change your life in order to have the kind of fulfillment that you seek or in order to like feel the feelings that you want to feel, you know, like that you can make those little changes in the day-to-day things that you do to invite that kind of adventure, to invite that kind of excitement, to invite that kind of freshness. But what it is about is like taking away the routine of it and adding in well, what you're talking about is like intuition or, you know, presence or spontaneity or whatever it is that would like turn you on and give you back that energy in something that seems just like so commonplace or boring, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that said, like, yes, absolutely. You can like so many small things you can do to bring the joy and to bring the connection and to bring the space for grace back into your life, regardless of of how many demands you have on you. But I also am a you know, I have a lot of positive things to say about actually chucking it all in as well. Yes, a view of all like, people, absolutely. <laughs> like, because <laughs> that's the thing. I did. I gave up a marriage. I gave up a business. I sold everything I owned. I now have a backpack. That's all I have. And was it easy? No. No, it was not. It was difficult. But has it been beautiful and wondrous and life-changing? Yeah, it absolutely has. So, and so the, absolutely the fear there. Absolutely. So tell the people, tell all the women and all the people that are listening to this podcast that have that dream that are like, oh, I should just like fuck it all and burn it all to the ground and move away. All right, we have you. You've done it. <laughs> tell them, has it been worth it? Like, are you glad that you did it? Like, what are some of the things that you've learned along the way? I mean, you're still on this journey. Like, you're still doing it. So. Yeah, yeah. So I'm 51 weeks in. I've been traveling for the last 51 weeks. And honestly, when people ask me how I've done it, the answer is on a wing and a prayer. I piece it together. Do I have some grand master plan? No, I do not. Am I just piecing my way through this and going with the flow? Yes, I am. And one of the most remarkable things that you know I found as I've gone along is just how many other people are doing it. So especially if like the idea of traveling and working is calling to you, it's so achievable these days. It's so achievable. Technology and being what it is means that, you know, I'm meeting all these people who are just piecing together their little way of doing it, just figuring out how they can do their work, how they can use their skills, location independent to make enough money to get by. And like there's many places in the world that you can go where you don't need so much money to get by. It's so possible. That's the message I have. It is so unbelievably possible. I am not made of magic and I figured out how to do it. Anyone can figure out how to do it. Well, you are kind of made of magic. Let's not... (laughs) Like 2%. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me and tell everybody, you've been starting a new... I mean, in this past year, you've done a lot of beautiful things. You've had this amazing project and program called Date Yourself. And now you're starting something called Luminous Awakenings. What has your work evolved into? What are you passionate about these days? How are you teaching women? How are you serving the women that you're working with? And this all ties into this message I received, right? That I had to leave everything and then I would become made aware of what came next, and which I did. And there was actually this Nick Cave quote that I just kept quoting to myself. It's from one of his songs off the Liar of Orpheus. And it says, you jumped into the abyss and they came up to your knees. And so I was basically told that I had to jump into the abyss, but I was like certain that it would only come up to my knees. And of course, that's what happened. So as I started traveling, it became clear to me again through channeling and receiving and also just through experiencing like going, okay, this is the life I lead now. 
how do I teach in this life? How do I share my work in this life that I've created? And it really spoke to me that one-on-one, I've always sought, even when I was teaching yoga classes of 50 people, it was always the yoga class of two people that was my favorite yoga class, right? So I prefer working one-on-one or in small groups. I'm passionate about mentoring women. So from that, while I was up in the mountains of Thailand, was that last December? The idea for Date Yourself was born, which is, yeah, one-on-one coaching and small group coaching, basically to help women make the changes they need to make and take that journey of the self through the self and to the self in this really joyful, supported, caring, exciting kind of way. And so that is then what I built. That's what I was working on. And it was just so beautiful. And I loved it. And I'm so proud of it. And but then things changed again, right? Because I thought maybe that was the end point. I was like, okay, well, this is what comes next. But then things have tweaked again as my work with energy has just gotten stronger and stronger. I've started reading people now and started reading energy and working with clients in that way. And now I've come to understand that that is actually, so that's what Luminous Awakenings is. And that's my project that I'm launching at the moment. That is going to be how I offer my work and how I offer my teachings is one-on-one with people. So how does reading people help them? Like, what does it give them? Like, why would somebody come to see you? Why would they want to connect with their spirit guides? Yeah, I think the main thing it gives people is a sense of almost a bird's eye view on their life. So because when we work with our spirit guides, and when we work in the angelic realm, they're removed, like you're seeking messages from you're basically having a chat with energy that is removed from your day to day humanness in a way right because we're all human and we all like have our day-to-day minutiae that feels really important and sometimes we get a little stuck in it or we can't kind of see beyond it and what's so powerful about these energy readings is you pull right out and it's like soul level view it's dharma it's what you're here in this lifetime to work on and it's so big and bold and beautiful and so filled with love and light as well there's so much hope and positivity and joy when you connect with those vibrations and that's immensely healing for the people I work with and it's just a really nice way to get clarity as well to get clarity and guidance I have to ask because there's actually been like a mini backlash against the phrase love and light so could you maybe speak a little bit deeper to that or also you know is it that our spirit guides are only like telling us the good stuff and holding out on like the hard stuff like what can you go a little deeper no 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 because it's not like that I don't really know about this little backlash against love and light I feel like love and light are very old concepts. <laughs> well, um, I mean, like spiritual, oh, what's it called? The uh, bypassing, you know, where you're just like, oh, namaste, yeah. love and love. That's what I mean, you know? Like, a yeah, yeah, yeah. No. yeah, no, there's no spiritual bypassing in this when you're connecting with these vibrations. It's more that when you connect into these vibrations and you speak to spirit guides and you speak to the angelic realm, they just love us so much. They don't see us as we see ourselves as broken and bad and damaged and trying to claw our way up and messing everything up and oh not good enough that's not how they see us they see us as absolutely good enough they see us as struggling but making our way through it they see the possibilities for us and they help us then see the possibilities for ourselves so it's just like a different lens of seeing yourself through as well not as somebody who's not good enough but as somebody who was always good enough you just forgot 
Okay, I love that because it really reminds me that we're really supported in the one hand, like that there's so much around us that we can't always see, especially when we're struggling and we're like so stuck in our struggle that there's so many resources out there or energies out there that really want us to thrive. And at the same time, it helps to ground me in remembering that like we're part of a lineage. We're connected to something greater, whether it's our ancestors or, you know, just other generations or movements that have come before us. And that's something really important for us to remember because we can feel really lonely in this world. Like we can feel really disconnected. We can feel like we have to shoulder burdens all by ourselves, or we can be so stuck in front of our phones or our computer screens that we feel like really alone. And I think that's something really beautiful about the work that you do is the kind of connection that it brings. It's glorious. And it's so relevant, like you said, to these modern times. And when I was going through my deep sadness and my deep, you know, my dark night of the soul, I was feeling so lonely. And I kind of decided to do a little bit of research on loneliness at that time, because I wanted to understand it more. And 75% of people in the modern world report being lonely. And yes, that is true. Yes, we feel lonely because you're right. We're stuck behind our computer screens. We're stuck thinking everybody's life is better than it actually is. We're stuck thinking it's a competition and that we can't be vulnerable. We can't reach out. We can't seek human connection because we have to like, yeah, have that appearance of everything being fine. But at the same hand, we've got this like spiritual support team with us at all times. We are not alone. We are connected. We have people, our energies working for us in realms we can't even understand to support us and to care us and to care for us and to constantly try to help guide us. And when people can come to understand that, this immense freedom and contentment that comes from realizing that. I love that. That's so beautiful. It's so awesome to see how your work is so inspired by your life and by your own experience. And those are the kinds of teachers and people that I like to work with and also have on this podcast, like real people that go through real shit that had like real experiences and then figured out how to craft that and guide themselves into like making it work for them. You know, whether you went through like a dark night of the soul and hit rock bottom, like whether you had to totally change your life, like walk through the fire, whether you just had to realize your dream. I mean, we're all, you know, you say I'm not magic. And then we amended that, that yes, you are at least 2% magic, (laughs) but it's so important for everyone to remember and to have examples of, and to understand that like everyone can do this for themselves, whether it is to run away to Bali or wherever you want to go, or whether it's to find the way to like bring that adventure or tweak what's going on in your own life, that this kind of stuff is accessible to everyone. So what would you say? How could somebody that's listening, like how could somebody that is being lit up by what you're talking about get out of their own way? Or like, what's the first thing that they can do to set themselves on the path to going after their dream or doing the damn thing, living the life that they want, like ending a relationship that doesn't work, like quitting a job that maybe people would call them crazy for leaving, but they know in their heart that like, it is the right thing for them to do. Like, What would give somebody the courage or the confidence to do something like that? Yeah, I would say start on your relationship with yourself. 
and learning to like ask yourself, listen to yourself, make space for yourself so that it's not like whatever the little nagging thought at the back of your head isn't something that you're batting away. Even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's difficult, you finally make the space to bring it forward and go, all right, I'm just going to sit with this. I'm not comfortable with it. I don't like it. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. It's inconvenient, but I'm going to at least give it a little bit of space. I've tried ignoring it. Now I'm going to try giving it some space. And then seek other women. This is what I love about women sharing their stories with women as well. Like, you know, I was particularly inspired by Erin Telford, who you had on the podcast, who has done something very similar to me. And I've really enjoyed following her journey and, and have felt more empowered about my own journey as a result of her having her journey. So seek support, seek community and self-love. Just remembering that it's okay when you're broken and it's okay when you put it back together. It's okay when you don't know and it's okay when you do know and everybody tells you you're mad. That's okay too. (laughs) And I'll say it again. Start where you are. Use what you have. Do what you can. That's where you begin. Well, I think that is absolutely the most perfect way to end our conversation. Although you and I both know we could probably talk forever in a day. <laughs> we won't make Absolutely. everybody else happen. We will. <laughs> so, Carolee, thank you so, so much for your time, for checking in with us from halfway across the world from where I am. It's always such a, not only a pleasure, but it's so insightful and teaching for me. I feel so grateful that we have this kind of friendship and relationship where we can really teach each other and share with each other. So thank you so much for taking the time to share with our listeners as well. Thank you. Such an honor to be here. And if people want to find me, they can come and find me on Instagram is probably easiest. Luminous Awakenings. On yes. And I will share on the show page your URLs and all the links and everything like that. So more people can find you too. Thanks. Great. For so beautiful to chat. Yeah. Thank you, Curly, And thanks to everybody for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. If this episode awakened something in you or inspired you in some way, please leave a rating and a quick and easy review. And of course, share it with someone that you love too. We'll see you next time where I'll be talking to another incredible woman who's doing her damn thing because, well, if you don't do you, then who will? Stay blessed, everyone.